Of a, it, it, it's actually a, it, it's a descriptor for uh, what I did with with the stick fighting. Anisador uh-huh. uh, is a practitioner of Arnis. That was funny because yeah, yeah, like um, we're recording. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> By the way, everyone, this is Larry Kaderma. Um, I've also known him since God twenty five years now. Oh, how old are we? Do we, do we need to say that? No, well, I, don't, <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Um, I'm also slapping the. I think you saw that. I because just bracing for you and my other friend who um, was the bus guy at the state. Oh, and okay. I just yeah. knowing talking to you two this week, I'm assuming I'm going to be going to the uh, parental advisory end of <laughs> podcasting. It's just the way it goes. Um, did I read right this morning that you uh, are still here despite kidney stones? Uh, no, I finally ate, I finally passed the kidney stone uh, last night around midnight. That uh, I had been uh, plaguing me since uh, Christmas. I had uh, an attack right before Christmas, and uh, it's finally gone through. So Jesus, when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that's canceled for today, and let's move on to the next thing. Um, the one big thing, and um, it's my big compliment to you right now. The thing I look forward to the most on the weekends, and uh, is reading your posts. <laughs> like I, I, I aim to please. Uh, I know, and it it dumbfounds me. Like, have you heard of some of like the Twitter accounts, like shit my dad says, yeah, and things yeah. like that? And like, I don't know if anyone's ever pulled you aside and said this is gold. I've I've had that conversation numerous times like, over the years. Uh, a lot of people say, oh, you need to start a blog or you need to write a book or you know put some of these things down. And uh, I, I thought about the blog thing, but it, it actually had been done before. There's a, I followed a couple of other bouncer blogs uh, from the past, and I mean, it, it, I don't think they really went for the humor aspect so much as the it was more the uh, uh, the uh, drugs and depravity. Yeah. which was still interesting you know but I just don't have the time to actually sit down and, and blog things out and uh, Twitter um, I never I just never got into that uh, you know the um, the uh, minimum or sorry the maximum number of characters that you're allowed to use see they doubled it and that's kind of when I thought about this because I think it was mm-hmm. 120 and I think they went 240 if not more something like that and yeah. r- it's funny right around that time is when I'm like this is this could be Larry's move <laughs> because yeah like literally and I know Nathan does it too where he like he has a following through his own friends so he always like shares what you say Oh, okay. And t- and like shares your stories, or he makes sure he likes them, so they show up on his feed. Right. And then it just spreads like wildfire, and it's like, a I don't know how you put up with this shit anymore. Like I was in the state and stuff like that in like the early two thousands, and when it was over, I was kind of happy it was over. And like I honestly don't know like how you drag yourself uh, after you know, a day job to go do this besides. The shit that does happen. The the the, the big thing is, because uh, a lot of people ask me that, and uh, honestly, my, my 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 honest to god answer is, I look forward to to my weekends at the club because all day long at my day job I have to be a yes man. I, I cannot say no to the general public. Everyone is right. I'm always wrong, um, so I have to kiss ass like everyone else in order to keep my job. <laughs> Fair enough. On the weekends, I get paid to be a dick to people. <laughs> it, it, it's it, it's ju- it just allows me to just it's it's a stress relief for me when all of a sudden done um the, as, as soon as i realize that you know it, it, it's not an ego thing and uh you know i don't have to prove myself to anyone then i realize I'm, I'm babysitting drunk people all weekend and i'm sober the entire time 
and I'm just looking at just idiots, you know, and I'm, I'm literally babysitting idiots and getting paid to, you know, just deal with idiots in a way that normally you wouldn't do, but is acceptable in the, in the nightclub setting. You know, if you, yeah, someone acts really stupid in, in your day job, you know, well, okay, we better have a mediation here and sit down and try to work things out and try to figure out well, what's the best way we can do a win-win situation and all this other bull crap that you, really you just want to just give a person a slap in the face kick him out the door and say, okay, I don't want to see you again tonight. Come back next week. Yeah, so it, it, it's actually, yeah, for, for, for me, if, if, if I was to actually miss a, a shift at the club, I would probably go crazy because I would have to take out my frustration on someone else. No, I remember you, like, rushing out the door when we finished Twilight Imperium that one time. It was like, game's over, okay, I gotta go to the club. <laughs> <laughs> Text them, I'm on my way. No, but it's just like, and I know you for a long time, and I know you're a super funny guy, and it just... Because I read it almost in your voice. <laughs> so it's like, it makes it so much better because just, I don't know, you're, the way you um, describe the interaction, because Facebook is an unlimited space, right? So you have the time to like craft the story, tell the story exactly as it happened, and just whatever good, bad, or ugly comes out of it, whether it's like throwing a cokehead out of the bathroom or like you said, the girl who came in with her hands behind her oh, down the dude's yeah. pants well, every day and just like, you know, it, it's, um, it, it's, it's you know, I, I observe. Uh, it, it, the, the club is a great venue to, to just sit back and people watch. You know, like, is you, you, all the tropes that you'll, you know, all the themes that you see in every television show, every drama, every movie and everything like that. There is a reason they exist. It's because people actually do this crap. And, and you can you can watch it play right out. You know, you, you can start pegging people as you say, like, okay, you know, here's here's the early bird woo girls coming in. And you know what's going to happen two hours from now after they've had a few shots. Okay, here's a couple of the good old boys. Here's a couple of the ganger wannabes. And, and you can watch the entire scene play out. And it's, well, we'll, we'll actually sit back and, and, you know, take bets on, okay, well, how long do you think before this guy is going to get himself in trouble and get kicked out? Like, it's, it's almost, uh, there's a certain rhythm. To, to, to the feel of a club, you know, and, and you'll have all your different types of characters and they'll all interplay and, and you, once that mood starts uh, at night, you can, you, you'll, you'll know by the end of the night if it's going to be trouble, if it's going to be boring and, and oftentimes we're just sitting there waiting for something to happen just to break up the monotony a little bit. Um, have the stereotypes really not changed that much over the years? Um, not really, no. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, so some of the uh, you know the smaller details you know and, and that's basically going to be you know wardrobe and, and how you're dressed but you're you're always going to have the over loud alpha males who are broing out you know and everything and you know they're just waiting for trouble to happen you'll always have the creepers who are just sitting around in the dark shadows watching the girls and you know probably touching themselves and uh, you know you always have the party girls you always have the uh, the overprotective ones who are trying to prevent their friends from, you know, getting hit, hooked up with some guy. Like, yeah, it, it, it hasn't really changed. Um, the, even, even the clientele, though, at, at the club, uh, what, what I've noticed is we have a, a lot of older patrons that still come in. Um, you know, and maybe I wasn't paying attention much when back in our college days, but, uh, you know, it, it seemed to be just a, a younger vibe. For, for the clubs that we, we were going to, like anyone who was, you know, 23 or older, like, oh, those are the old people in the club. Um, right now, like, we, we, we still have the youngins who come in. We have the underagers who try to come in. And we'll have, like, 30-somethings, 40-somethings. We still have a few seniors that, that, that come out as regulars who, who are there like clockwork every Saturday. They'll come and get their groove on. 
So nice. It, it might be unique to our club. Uh, I mean, we're, we're the <clears> second <throat> longest uh, open club in the city. Uh, I find yeah. that the quality of the bouncers also kind of dictates like in the old days, I think it was in Manhattan's or whatever had the worst rap for the bouncers that would go yeah. on. They wanted to beat people up and then that would attract the yeah, crappier well, element. I mean, there, there, there's definitely been a change. I, I, I've noticed with, with bouncers, like even maybe up to about 10 years ago, uh, you know, you still had your classic meatheads, you know, the, the, the big, uh, you know, uh, rock-sized people will sit there and, you know just you know intimidate and crush anything in their path but along with that you know there, there was a lot more um, probably a lot more fights uh, you know, and and there were some clubs in the city that had a reputation where you know uh, the bouncers would become a roving gang all on their own and you know three four five of them would beat the crap out of someone who who crossed them so there, there were some clubs that had some some bad reputations uh, and most of those are actually closed down now uh, for a while um, our club was well we probably had the smallest bouncers in the city when, when all of a sudden like I, I would probably have been one of the bigger guys uh, at the time and you know so that, that sort of gives you an idea like you know I'm, I'm no meathead or, or uh, you know gym freak or anything like that by by any means but you know that that's that's what worked for me. I, I want to be the unassuming guy in the shadows that steps in when you need to. Uh, but I, I think that that's something our, our owners have noticed that you know clubs have had reputations for a lot of fighting, uh, things like that. You know, what it does is you know it, some people will, will always be coming out to the club no matter what, but the ones who only come out you know once every couple of weekends or whatever, they want to go to a place that's safe where where they're going to have fun, uh, where you know the bouncers are a little bit more you know engaging you know and a little bit friendlier and, and things like that. Now for some odd reason I've, I'm still working as a bouncer because I'm not any of those things. <laughs> I'm still the guy who just sits in the corner and scowls at everyone coming in. But I guess that that's sort of my role. I'm I'm the heavy for uh, for, for the club. There's some some of the younger guys you know like they they go out there to have a good time and you know talk up the girls and you know chill out with with friends and everything like that. And still do their job, um, and then there's there's a couple of us on the team. Uh, our head bouncer, um, he's he's only a few years younger than me, so and he's in his thirties. Uh, but you know he he likes to have fun and everything. But you know he's uh, a little bit more experienced. And, uh, he has has a uh, a bit of a cooler head, and will try to talk talk his way through a lot of things. And that's sort of the expectation, really. As, as even though we're security, we're also hosts. And yeah. For, for the uh, you know the clubbers and the regulars who've gotten to know me you know and everything they, they you know it's, it's like you said they, they they know my personality and you know they'll actually you know watch there and, and, and watch me put the act on for for uh, for other people who come in because you, you still need that like if we're if we're not going to have the big intimidating guys you still have to have a bit of an intimidation factor there because it, it'll keep most people uh, they'll behave a little bit more if they know that they're being watched and that that we don't put up with a lot of uh, a lot of shit in, in in the club and you know you might get your one warning and then you get tossed out and you know they'll they'll learn very quickly you know what is acceptable behavior. Uh, people who've been there for a while and know the rules already, you know, like you know it, it's. Uh, Remember, remember uh, a few years ago they had uh, the Terry Tate office linebacker commercials, yep. <laughs> you know, and, and he'd flip it on and he'd be sitting here in the one commercial he's just, you know, ripping into a guy on the floor. You're always like, oh, hey, Chad, this is going. And then right back, <laughs> you know, switches his personality like on a dime. But that, that's me. 
uh, at the club. You know, people who, who, who know me know that I'm putting on an act for the most part. For the people who don't know any better, then, you know, it's it's kind of fun watching them shit their pants a little bit. <laughs> you know, it, it's... And but then again, it, it on it's Facebook. All, <laughs> well, it's all about keeping order. That, that's really all, all it is uh, at the club. You know, we want people to be there, to have a good time. We don't want anyone coming in who's going to create that vibe that, you know, just causes people to, you know, just not enjoy themselves so you know whether it's you know the new person coming in being really loud and obnoxious or even if it's the uh, you know the regular vip who's being overly obnoxious we'll still boot them out you know regardless there are still rules to the club we might give you a bit of a longer leash you know and you know give, give you a couple warnings instead of one warning if, if we, we know you but if you get out of hand we're, we're still going to boot you no and i've seen you say that too where it's like yes you know the owner and you've mentioned it to us but now it's time to go or go to sleep <laughs> and it's just yeah you always word it so eloquently where it's like it's just not like threats or direct like violence but it's always like worded nicely that it's like bad things will happen the, if it continues on this path I, I like to think that I, I I can remind people that there is a consequence for your actions and perhaps you don't get that drink the day and you know you know when you think that you can just browbeat that uh, bureaucrat at the other end of the table or you know you walk in a restaurant and you give the waitress a hard time you know in, in a lot of those kind of situations they pe- people seem to think that they can get away with whatever they want they have that certain feeling of entitlement and don't realize hey, it's, a, it's a person you're talking to at the other side right you know and for whatever reason they've decided to work in a position that is technically serving you whether it's whether it's a waitress whether it's someone in the serving industry a bartender or even a bouncer you know uh, my, my, my favorite is always people who you know, get called out on their on their bullshit and you know they get all you know imperious and like oh you're nothing but a lowly bar worker and I make more money than you do in a day and it's like, like you know number one you're you're obviously you know not thinking this through because the bar isn't open seven days a week this is not my only job and if it was my only job and I'm obviously making enough to get by by being a lowly bouncer working two nights a week um, I'd say I'm doing a lot better than you are <laughs> in that sense but again you know it, it, it's it's neither here nor there you know in the end the, the bouncers that make it are the ones who learn to leave their ego at the door you yeah. know you, you, we, you can't afford to take it personally because it's just someone jaw jacking and in the end they're still outside the club I'm still inside the club everyone here is partying you're not so in, in the end you know we, we tend to drive that home and then and watch the temper tantrum take place you know and as long as no one's getting injured we don't care we just laugh at you and go deal with the next idiot so um, I like that you brought up entitlement because there was always those people that would like throw either throw a name out or I know this guy, I know the owner. Um, <clears throat> with the age of millennials now, do you find because they get a bad rap as it is, but do you find that there is more entitlement right now? Um, or is that just n- no? I, I, you know, it, 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 we, the same kind of thing would happen when we were hitting the clubs uh, you know, before. You know, there was always that one guy who seemed to have. The, the inside, uh, uh, you know, inside info on how to get through the door or how to cut the line or, or whatever the case is. So I think, I think that happens everywhere. Um, I mean, for for all the stuff that I post up, you know, and, and people have said like, oh my god, why would I ever want to go to your bar? I said, well, you know, here here's the thing, we'll we'll see probably a thousand people plus come in and out of the doors on, on any given weekend. The old clickers? Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it, it, it's it's like, you know, um, plane, plane, flying a plane. You know, accidents don't happen all the time. People aren't dying 
you know, everywhere that the plane flies. There's thousands of, of flights going, and you hear about the one or two bad instances. And that's really what where, where my stories come out. It's, you know, if, if out of a thousand people, we only had three idiots during the course of the night causing problems, that's a pretty good night. When all of a sudden, because this is through the entire course of the night, this is stuff I'm hearing from my guys who are working in, uh, you know, in the front of the house, or the guys who are working in the back of the house. You know, so the stories filter through, and you know, I'll put them up if I think, you know, there's there's a little bit of, uh, you know, humor to them. But it, it's it's not like there's nonstop idiocy going. It, it it has happened, you know, once in a while, you know, where it's just a really bad night where we have our, our hands pretty full with a bunch of idiots. Uh, all in one night, but re- really, you know, it's it's you know two or three that to make make my make my headlines on, on the course of any given night, and that's not bad, you know, when you consider it's you know five to seven hundred people coming through the doors on on any given night, it's not bad. Um, the entitlement is usually just the alcohol talking. Uh, usually, it's someone who's trying to act big for uh, for their little entourage that they're you know that they're there with, trying 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 to look impressive. And those are the ones that you know we, we can spot them a mile away. You know, like they're they're they they think we can't hear them, <laughs> but the guys in the front door, we can hear you guys talking outside. You know, we, we hear what you're planning. We hear you when you say, well, make sure you got the right ID, you know, to try to sneak in. Like, we're not idiots as much as people think that bouncers are, you know, don't know anybody. Like, we, we, we're observing. We're, we're, we're paid to observe what's going on. Uh, so, you know, depending on how bored we are, we'll, we'll let you play it out a little bit because it's just that much sweeter when we crush your dreams <laughs> before you even get into the club. Uh, the ones I like is when it's like you bust them. And I remember this from the state too. And then they're like, "Well, can I have the ID back?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, by all means, we'll give you your legal ID. You know, so you can go and try this crap with someone else. Or your sisters, and they're like, "But I, I need that yeah. back." Our, our, our easiest go-to is tell you what. You go call the police. They'll come over here, and if they can uh, confirm your identification, we'll give them the ID back. <laughs> Not a problem at all. And, and it has happened. We, we, we've confiscated ID from people we've, you know, we, we've uh, legitimately thought, no, this, this isn't you. And, you know, they've come back with their parents and the police officer and everything vouching. Okay, my guess it is you. <laughs> Give the ID back. Like, it happens. We, we make mistakes, too. But that's, it's a rarity. Um, and we, we probably have a few shoeboxes full of... Uh, confiscated IDs, you know, just over the past couple of years. One of, one of our uh, new guys, he's only been with us for about a year and a half, and he just, he, he wanted to see how many IDs he could confiscate, you know, while, while working in the front, you know, and, and, he, and he wasn't, tr- you know, actually trying to take someone's ID, like, if he legitimately said, no, this is a fake, or this doesn't look like you at all, and, and he would just confiscate him, but he kept him in a separate little, uh, you know, he separate the envelope, and and what we, we what we do with them is we just send them all back to SG High. You know, like if, if it's uh, you know uses fake ID, uh, fake ID uh, you've got to pay your money to go and get uh, a new one. And if you were stupid enough to lend your ID to someone else to try to sneak them in underage or whatever, well, again, you've lost your ID. Now you're gonna to have to get a new one. So, you know, just a small twenty five dollars of the time uh, way to bring back a little bit of balance. But uh, no, my, my, this uh, newer guy, I think within the first two months, probably confiscated about 75 IDs. So, you know, I, and I'm not going to talk about those all the time because eh, they're kind of boring. But again, there's, there's that 
abject look of terror, you know, that, that will appear in their faces when, when you take a look at ID and then you ask for a second piece, you know, or they ask them, you know, you know, the, the same old uh, tricks that bouncers use back then. They say, okay, you know, t- t- tell, tell me uh, your postal code, <laughs> something simple like that, and just watch them get flustered. But I only memorize my friend's birthday. <laughs> How dare you ruin my night? Oh, it's, it's, it's a horrible thing, you know. And, and then when they, when they start, you know, becoming, uh, you know, street lawyers, they like, I know my rights. You can't do this to me. No, actually, actually we totally can. You know, so, you know, and if your dad truly is the chief of police, send them on over because I'd like to have a chat with him about uh, why his underage daughter is trying to get into a club. You know, oh, your, your dad happens to be a judge. Okay, that's all right. Send his honor over here and we'll have a discussion about the legalities of you being in the club underage. Like, go ahead. We don't need the bluff. You know? But watching them, you know, posture up and get all indignant and everything like that. You know, but my, my favorite is when they pull out the, so the cell phones will start taking video of us. They're like, okay, hi. You know, we'll wait for the camera. I'm gonna take out my phone, I'm gonna take pictures of you too. You know, and, and then they panic and, and run and you know, it, it's oh it, it's it's sheer entertainment and, and we're getting paid for this. I never even thought of that because yeah, I haven't worked in a nightclub since smartphones. That's do they try to like incriminate you with something then or well, what's their <laughs> I mean, what they don't realize is we, we have security cameras and mics all over the club already. So, I mean, you know, if, if you honestly think uh, that we're overstepping uh, overstepping our bounds, you know, by all means, you call the police in. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll gladly show you uh, how the altercation truly set up. You know, it wasn't, well, you know, it's always the classic, well, I wasn't doing anything. I didn't do nothing. Well, if you weren't doing anything... We would we would be leaving you alone because no one wants to cause a scene. Like we, we want everyone to have a good time and party. But if we actually have to step in, it's because something went wrong or something was about to go wrong, and we're trying to put a stop to it. And uh, you know, we, we like I said, we have video cameras all over the place. Um, you know, for uh, for the most part, um, you know, we have multiple bouncers uh, in location. And that's one of the cool things about our club is. Our, our bosses decided to invest in having more bouncers than what would be typical for, for, for a club our size. Just so that, you know, it's real easy for us to take care of issues right away. You don't have to be, you know, in, in a slugfest for two minutes, you know, try to subdue someone before you take them out. If there's an issue within 30 seconds, you know, there's two, three, four other bouncers who are going to give you, give you backup. So we've got plenty of witnesses of what's going on. Um, and, and, and realistically, it, you know, you don't have a leg to stand on. You know, you, you, know, you, you can, you know, cry and, and about being, you know, quote unquote, assaulted, you know, by a bouncer at a club. It's like, no, no, you know, one, once we've asked you to leave and you've refused to leave, you are now technically trespassing and the law allows us to use whatever force is necessary to remove you. We're not going to go overboard. I mean, we're not going to like uh, you know, bulldog you into a wall or you know drop the people's elbow on you three or four times. You know, we we, we will just hustle you out the doors as quick as possible. You know, but people don't like that. You know, it's that uh, whole oh I better make a scene. You know, to show everyone here that oh this person's you know hitting me. He's he's breaking my arm. No, buddy, I've got my hand on your shoulder and I'm directing you towards the door because you refuse to leave on your own. You know, if, if you wanted us to get ugly, we'd get ugly. <laughs> and you know, all, all we need you to do is, you know, uh, throw that punch <laughs> and see what happens. Um, do lots still push it, though? 
to try and test themselves against a bouncer. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, we we, we, we always have those. Um, you know, usually though, it's uh, they won't do anything in the bar. Um, most people, their survival instinct, I think, kicks in and realize that if I pull shit in the bar, there is upwards of twelve bouncers here who are going to take care of me and take care of me very quickly. Um, so usually getting them out the door isn't the problem. It's when they're outside and now they have an audience and now they're going to posture. Oh, I'm going to rip my shirt off and come out here. You wouldn't dare to take a swing at me while, while I'm outside. You know, take your shirt off. Come on outside. Yeah, we usually ignore those guys. Um, you know, but you know that some of them will get violent. You know, they'll start punching the windows. You know, or start uh, shoving other patrons outside. Well, we're not going to let you do that either. But the minute we step out of the bar, then suddenly they've backed off 10 feet. Yeah, yeah, come on here. Come on over here. Okay, we take you know, a step forward, they take a step back. So it's just a big monkey dance for, for them. You know, they're all posturing up, but when push comes to shove, probably 90% of these people, they're all talk, and then they won't actually do anything. You, know? you want to go, taxi? <laughs> <laughs> that actually has happened. That actually has happened. We, we had uh, one of our... Uh, one of our bouncers, um, he wasn't even w- working that night, you know, but, but people recognized him as a bouncer. He stopped in for, for a drink and, uh, you know, he just pulled up on his motorcycle. So he's a, this big, evil, you know, uh, uh, fellow, you know, in, in biker leathers coming across and see some people chirping and he's just, you know, puts his bouncer voice on. Is there a problem here? I said, well, what are you going to do about it? Oh, well, let me show you. <laughs> Took a step forward and uh, basically, you know, grabbed him and his buddy and like bodily just carried them, you know, down the street, dropped them into a cab. You know, they were stupid enough to get out of the cab and then he just, you know, did the quick, uh, you know, sh- shoulder bob at them and they just ducked right back in. <laughs> you can see them waving at the cab, drive, drive, drive. Just to go, you know, so, you know, sometimes, you know, some, some bouncers have a good rep with that, you know, when, when, when you're a 300 pounder who, uh, who uh, actually wrestled Brock Lesnar in, in your college days, yeah, you're not a guy that most people are going to want to mess with. So, you know, it's, you'll, you'll get the tools who, who will try it once, you know, it doesn't usually go well for them uh, at that point, Mo- mostly because they're drunk and, and we're sober. You know, so it's liquid courage yeah, yeah it, it, it happens and then you know our, our job is not to beat people up i mean we're not going to allow ourselves to be a punching bag you know if you take a swing we will defend ourselves and doesn't mean we're necessarily going to hit back you know we're going to restrain you and get you out but you know we've we've had bouncers who you know, have been bottled before or, um people have you know claimed oh we're going to come back with a gun or you know all that so i mean you know there there is a a bit of a dark side uh, to that because you, you, nowadays I, I, I'd be more concerned about that now uh, to, to be honest back, back in the day yeah I mean back in the day you, you settled things with fists and outside yeah. and it was usually one on one nowadays I've heard of instances where, where oh geez maybe two summers ago there was a, a fellow down by I think one of the clubs down here on Broad Street uh, he got jumped by six guys, you know, and and, uh, and we heard that uh, allegedly it's the same six guys, you know, hit another club a little bit farther down, and they're just randomly going by and, and just swarming people, you know. So when you hear that kind of stuff, it's like, yeah, this is why we keep our heads on the swivel because you never know if it's going to be that kind of a night. I, ha- I had one night where one fellow just way, way, way too high on something. Like you, you could just tell. You know, he's he he was he was on uh, some kind of drug 
not sure what it was, but you know, obviously we're not going to let you into the club, you know, and it's, it's uh, the middle of winter and, you know, like, you know, the safest thing for us is we just stay indoors and, and he, he can sit out there and freeze all he wants, you know, we're, we're you're on care. something. The snow has melted 15 feet away from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the problem with this guy was, um, he was starting to take swings at patrons as, as they were leaving the club. So, well, we're not about to put up, you know, put up with that. So, you know, we, we would get out there and, you know, give them a bit of a shove, you know, back off, you know, or we will call the police and then have you taken away. You know, I mean, that that's their job to deal with that kind of stuff, trunk and disorderly. Well, uh, one <laughs> one uh, uh, young lady who comes out and she's completely plastered on her mind. And just as this fellow, he's swearing up a storm and, and calling us racist for not letting him in and, and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, this this young gal as she's leaving, you know, she looks at the guy and is like, you know, f you, you know, you idiot, who do you think you are? It's like, well, you know, lady, sometimes you should just keep your mouth shut and stay out of other people's business because he came up and popped her in the face, bent in, bent two of her teeth in before we even you like, uh, he he was a pretty lanky guy. We just didn't realize how lanky he was because he our, our one bouncer at the door he was probably about six three and, and you know pretty big fellow and he literally reached right over top and matched the popper in the face wow you know so of course she goes down all covered in blood we're not gonna let you assault patrons like that so um i went out popped him one in the face and put him up put him in the ground but it's it's, it's cold and it's icy out and, and stupid me i slip you know uh so I, i'm on the ground like okay i'm trying to get my balance before this guy gets up and then two of our vips <laughs> basically have jumped over me because they saw this happening at the end of the night and they start pounding the crap out of this guy i'm like well i guess my work is done <laughs> because i don't even have hands on them anymore uh, so but you know it, it, it's it's kind of cool when that happens because the 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 regulars and the vips are they they understand the job that we have to do and and they also know that our hands are tied you know legally yeah. you know, we, we're like i said we're not out there to beat people up um but there's no law that stops them from going out and the, dispensing a little bit of vigilante justice uh, sometimes too so it's like well you know as long as if, if the fight's happening out on the street and off uh, club property you know bouncers don't care like, and, yeah. and, and, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, you, you, the, the same people who will yell at, and, and scream at us, you know, for being these big brutes and everything like that. And, oh, you're cowards. You're not willing to do anything. You know, in a split second, they'll turn and expect us to go out into the middle of the street and save their friend who's now getting beat up by someone. And it's like, well, you know, not really our problem, especially if it was your friend that was yipping off and got himself into trouble and is, is, is now getting a little bit of street justice himself. I mean, number one, we go out there, we're, we're no longer representing the club. We're not on club property. We're not covered by insurance or anything like that. So I'm not necessarily going to put myself at risk, you know, out of the goodness of my heart uh, for some drunk idiot who's out there. Now, in the same token, though, I mean, if if one guy is out there getting trounced by, uh, you know, six guys, we'll go out there and haul his ass back into the club, make sure he's safe, call the police, call an ambulance or whatever we need to do. I mean, we're we're not going to just stand by and, and, and uh, you know, watch people get seriously injured. But for fist fights and things that happen outside of the club, in fact, you know, even with some of our, our regulars who decide they've got beef with someone in the club, they know that... If we kick them out for fighting, they're going to get banned for for a couple of months, or, you know, before allowed to come in. So, th- they will take their shit outside, and, and they'll deal with it out in parking lot away from us, so we don't have to see it. We don't have to deal with it. You know, it, it's one of those unwritten code things, you know. But th- there's an understanding, 
you know, when, when all of a sudden, they, they, they know what the rules are. You know, they, they know that we're not going to cross that line because they respect the owners, they respect the staff enough that they're not going to cause trouble. The, the problems that happen are usually the, you know, the, the people who are new to the club scene or from out of town. The out-of-towners are probably the worst because they know they can come in, start shit, and no consequences for them. <clears> Labor Day weekend. <laughs> um, Labor Day weekend is is is, is sometimes bad. Um, when whenever the uh, exhibitions in town, that that's another one. Um, we've had issues with uh, people like you know working construction sites or rigs. You know they're just holed up in the hotel or something like that. We we actually had one guy that um, uh, he was just causing stuff inside. Started was tried to start two or three fights. You know we we had it simmered down. Um, you know, so nothing got out of the way, but eventually, yeah, he decided he was gonna get another person's face and popped him in the face, and then and then ran. He, he literally ran out the, out, out the door. Like, okay, well, he's obviously not gonna come back in. An hour later, he's showing up at the door trying trying to to come in. We're telling him, no, you know, you're you started a fight and uh, you're, you're not coming back in. Well, he gets pissed off now and punches out the window of the door. Well, we 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 don't let that stand because now that's destruction of the property. So. Of course, we go to, we're going to grab you and, you know, you're, you will either pay for the damages or the police will be called. Uh, kind of thing. Well, his six roughneck buddies who were there, they decided that they wanted to get on this action and we're all ganging up on his friends and everything like that. So, okay, good on them. You're, you're here to defend your boy. I get that. But now you're putting hands on bouncers and throwing punches. So guess what? We're going to throw back. <laughs> so one of the few times that we've had a, an altercation like this, and I think there, there was about six or seven of them. There was six of us bouncers outside. And, yeah, we, we got into a good old-fashioned fist fight you know, out there. And all we wanted to do was just grab the guy and make him pay for this. Well, um, you know, they, they didn't win. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> Their buddy ran off though, um, in, in the middle of fight. And <laughs> as it turns out, the idiots have a hotel room literally across the street from the club. Like, you, you, you know, where the Jack Keaton's is and everything, new hotel on the bar. Yep. That's where they were staying. Because at this point, we've already called the police. The police are on their way. We've given her statements. And police says, oh, yeah, see those two guys staying in the parking lot? That's two of the buddies right there. And in the end, you know, the, the cops came, talked to the boss, and said, you're pressing charges? I said, if, as long as they pay for the damages, you know, we're, we're not going to press charges. But we went over with them just to, to make sure that everything stayed fine. Well, the punk who started the entire thing, when locked himself into a hotel room wouldn't come out police went up there tried to get him to come out you know and everybody said they're not going to press charges we just want you to pay for the damages refused to come out sent his buddy out made his buddy pay for the uh the thousand dollar repair his friend paid for the window his friend paid for the window while while they're doing this though the guy is trying to talk talk to the cops, and it's like, okay, no, I, I'm going to cover the damages to my friend here. You know, just don't arrest them, please. And you know, he's trying trying to pass by everything as much as possible. His phone starts ringing in the middle of this conversation with the cops. He picks it up. He's like, I can't talk right now. Hangs up the phone. Ten seconds later, it's ringing again. <laughs> he's like, No, I told you, I can't talk. Hangs up the phone. Third time, ten seconds later, starts ringing. He says, "Look, I'm in the middle of something with the cops here. I gotta pay them a lot of money, or else we're going to jail." <laughs> something, wife or girlfriend, right? I was kind of expecting, like, "Look, mom, <laughs> I'm really busy right now. The police are the, here." The, the the 
weird thing is, a week later, um, one, one of our other bouncers who was, uh, he, he wasn't working that particular weekend of the incident because he, he was off on a construction crew. He found out during the work week, though, heard a story about one of the crews that he working with on the, on the site. God heard the, the story went that they went to one of the nightclubs, got into a lot of trouble, broke broke a window, and uh, had to, you know, cover damages and everything like that, got their asses beat down in the fight with the bouncers. It's like, okay, yeah, obviously, this must be the one that my, you know, the guys are talking about. Apparently all got fired. They all, uh, the, the construction site uh, got wind of this and said, no, you know, you're not working for us anymore. Send them all home. They'd only been out for, for that week and everything there on contract. So, you know, in, in a way, you know, a little karma, a little balance was restored. But, you know, again, he, he, here's the thing. You know, when, when you're in a city as small as Regina, there, there's no point in causing trouble. You know, it, it's a small enough town. You know, word's going to get around. You know, and we, we've had guys who literally have done the whole circuit and then we know of them they'll, they'll come in and say they'll last maybe a month before they get banned and before they know it they're banned from every club in the city so what are you going to do now you know now you can't go and do anything you can't hang out with your friends can't go out and party you can't listen to tunes and anything like that you you can sit and drink for cheap in your basement but you know only alcoholics do that so <laughs> <laughs> hey um, <laughs> um what's left from like the original <clears throat> nightclubs um because there's gabos habanos those still are downtown right yep um, and I think that's it. From, from the originals, that's it. And, and then the pump. I mean, that, that's the oldest club in the city right now. Right. Um, there, there's, I mean, there, there's some smaller lounges, I guess, you know, like, like just watering holes, but uh, not, not really nightclubs anymore. JD's is closed down now. Uh, is there anything in that spot? Nope. Because what was it? Was it the whiskey at the it, end? Uh, JD's and then became the whiskey yeah. saloon yeah, for, for a while there. Um Long Branch is long gone. Um, oh, God. And the south end was Checkers. Yep. And that's the land, was the landmark in, and that's gone. And which is gone completely now. I was surprised. Um, the Brewsters in the south end is closed. Yeah, I just heard, I, I just heard that when uh, we, we were just uh, driving by uh, the other day. Someone mentioned that, and I looked over, and again, sure enough, I was like, wow. I mean, uh, that was... And that was their head office. Like, the whole upstairs yeah. was the offices and everything. So I don't know yeah. what happened if they just moved it out to the east one. Because um, there's there's a lot of saturation down, uh, this is especially on South Albert, you know, for restaurants. Like there's, well, I wouldn't even necessarily call them high end restaurants per se, but you you know, unless you're made of a lot of money, you you shouldn't be eating out every. Well, every chop surprised me, but like, because there's already there's a keg, there's a yeah. barrels, like, yeah. Regina doesn't need that much high end, and then like a Swiss chalet opening up beside it blew my mind because the last Swiss LA I remembered was up like on North Albert yeah where, by where Toys R Us yeah. yeah so like I don't know just and now with Harbor Landing and that like when I take Xander out there it's like every time you go it's like boom something new has popped up yeah but I mean it's that whole uh, the big box mentality type thing and, and they all seem to follow the same formula because you know you, you'll you go to Lloydminster or Saskatoon or any of the cities and you will see the same type of uh, big box outlet with the same store so it's like they all follow the same model you know yeah. maybe one or two variations in between but uh, you can be sure that you know if you see a walk box you will see one of these other retail locations <laughs> yeah, next to enough. it as well too so i know that um from my time at moxie's sandman was the same ownership group oh, yeah. so every time yeah. they built a sandman and I'd, then when i traveled around different cities you see there's the sandman and plopped right and they'll have the 
is it Denny's? Denny's, yeah. Attached to it, they own that also. And then out front will either be a Moxie's, a Shark Club, or a Chop. Yeah. And that's their winning formula now. Yeah. And also like, um, is it Kara? I can't remember who owns like Kelsey's, Montana's, and that. But they used to build them in packs, so there was a couple of them. And now they'll build one, run it till it fails, and then just convert it. So they'll open yeah. a Kelsey's, numbers go down converted it into a montana's weight numbers go down i can't remember what the third one was but yeah like it's just mm-hmm. i don't know it's just it's super saturated it's crazy how yeah. much stuff well, but, but that's the thing you, you almost need to be changing that because p- people are always looking for the you know the, the next best thing um but before the uh uh before the uh you know the downturn and everything in the economy there's you know, a couple of restaurants that were doing really good i i, I was uh working in the kitchen at the original Joe's for a little while doing really well you know like uh, you know we were always busy you know uh, I, I'd even do some bouncing shifts there on on the, on the half price nights for some of the drinks I mean because it would just get that crowded holy uh, uh, but you know once it all dies back it's like you, know, you, you realize like you, you can only eat out so many times and there's enough um, variety around the city that you know you, you can eat out uh, you know, almost every night during the week, and never go to the same place twice. Uh, you know, within a two week to a three week period. So you know, we, we, the industry as a whole, I heard you know the, the numbers were going down. Like I had friends that worked at the uh, you know Red Lobster or Ricky's Grill and Browns and things like that, and everyone was you know having a downturn, but at a different point of time in the month. So it got me thinking like, yeah, I think people are just you know trending around in a circle. You know, well, you know, th- th- this week we'll we'll hit Moxies. You know, next week we'll hit. You know, chop or whatever. Um, I don't know that people can afford to be a regular. You know, at uh, for at some of these restaurants. Oh they, no, it's expensive as fuck to drink now. Like, yeah. Fishbowl Friday used to be what five, six bucks when you were twenty, <laughs> and now it's like maybe twelve for something normal. And yeah, like, well, I think I think the average price for a drink at a club right now is probably like you know, over six bucks uh, for a single drink right now. You know, uh, the days of bucket draft and a substantial <laughs> cup for bucket draft, yes. not like a little thimble thing or whatever. I'm trying to remember what else there was. Uh, Bart's that's been Bart's gone for a long that, time. That, that that was sad when that one left. Um, OCCs or Lauderdale's. Lauderdale's that, that, uh, that, that was, was across the... the way and that had Rico's the gym above it. Yeah, oh, Rico's gym. Right. <laughs> I used to go there with Clary. <laughs> yeah, he, he. I remember he keep talking about that one. Uh, the Scandinavian goddess <laughs> would work out at Rico's every lunch hour. You know, something you know, that I guess he had. A th- well, I mean, most red-blooded males probably would be able to appreciate a statuesque six-foot-three uh, blonde, you know, who could rip you in half. <laughs> Murder you on sight. <laughs> um, how long were you at OJ's for? Uh, that was when Rhett was there, right? Yeah, uh, four or five years. Okay. Um, I, I just always got the vibe. It felt like they had a new GM every time I went through there. Oh, uh, after Rhett left, uh, they went through two other GMs. Uh, My friend Wade went through there. Yeah, Wade Jensen. Yeah, yeah. I, I, he I was a yeah. He was a bartender at BP South when I moved here. Oh, and so okay. like Dave and I would go in there, whoever, and we'd go in there, and yeah, it would be like Wade bartending, and he worked his way up to ownership, and I yeah, he came back to OJ's, and it's just it always. They sniped from a lot of places too, so there was mm-hmm. no loyalty. Like, yeah, well, you know, that, that you know, and that, that's again the, the thing I've noticed um, from from my time there. Uh, at least in the back of house, you know, uh, cooks would, would rotate 
through through several different locations, you know, and and that, like again, you couldn't really afford to burn too many bridges because you never know, uh, you know, you, you might not have been there for three years and then suddenly you're back to being a line cook at the same place you started at. So was Corey there when uh, Corey also was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Corey was great there. guy. Yeah, I think he's a chop still. Uh, was that where he ended up? I, I wasn't sure. I um, kind of lost track of him for a little bit when he after he left OJ's. When I went back to Boston Pizza, oh my god. That was before Irwin Zander was born. So 10 years ago, I went back to BP's and he was the the daytime pretty much supervisor prep oh, okay. guy there. And then, um, but BP's is a very, like, I think he said he had almost seven years with Subway before that, right? Oh, yeah. And so yeah. he was always working at these very, like, there's no creativity. There's no cooking from scratch. There's nothing yeah. to do. So it would probably get very boring very fast. But I know he went to OJ's, enjoyed it there. And I thought he ended up a chop later. And like, I know the chop moxie's environment is a lot of like, cooking from scratch every day and at least learning some stuff yeah so. yeah well I, I've, I've had a lot of uh, you know i've made a lot of friends in the industry you know that way which yeah i i still believe that every person at some point in time before they you know you know hit uh, adulthood should do some time in a kitchen you know serving or something like that just it's it's a completely different world and and no one really appreciates how much work goes into being in the service industry you know whether you're a bartender a waitress a cook anything like that like there is a high level of expectation uh high level of perfection that's demanded and uh they're not paid what they're worth you know oh, no, by any no. means you know um i mean i i haven't i haven't i haven't been at the kitchen in a couple of months and i i think i'm still technically on payroll there but it just hasn't <laughs> been busy enough for them to actually need me back so it's kind of a, it's a bit of a welcome break to be perfectly honest because you know Fridays would, be, would used to be my very worst day because I I do my 7.30 to 4.30 shift at the day job in the office had the OJ's work in the kitchen there till 10 and then over to the club until uh, 4 in the morning so <laughs> that would be my longest day of the week but again you know it, 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 to me it, it was still a fun environment you know, oh yeah and that's done, so. and Above and beyond Luther, I probably think the next biggest circle of friends I have is from the restaurant industry. You meet some really great people. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like a lot like when I was like in the 30s and that you'd meet all these kids coming through and it's totally their university job. They just want to make their money and then they'll go somewhere else and spend it right away or whatever. But it's yeah, you meet some pretty great people as you go around and. And, you know, (laughs) I, I, I would hate for people to think that it's, you know, beneath them. Uh, to 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 work in, in that type of environment, uh, one one gal that I, I worked with, uh, you know, amazing server. You know, like I I would probably have put her, you know, in the top five servers in the entire city. You know, her people from what I could understand would actually come to the restaurant to make sure that they got served by by, by this gal, and to to her credit, you know, she she was making enough money and she decided. Post secondary just isn't for me. She was a one semester away from finishing her degree, and she said, "No, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm, I'm happy as a server. I'm making a lot of money doing this. You know, I get to, you know, uh, you know, be with the people I like being with. You know, the friends I, I like, you know, the the customers I like. Uh, you know, the money is good. I don't want to tie myself down to to this type of job. And I have, she has her own dreams and aspirations of where she eventually wants to be. You know, wants to be." A, uh, you know, a small business owner herself at some point and everything but you know she said like I, I, I really don't need to be here 
uh, you know, in, in, in university anymore. So she, she dropped right out and just... Started. And she can always go back. Like. Well, that's, that's the thing. You, you totally could you to, totally could go back, finish whatever you wanted uh, at her time. But, but she had done so well perfecting her craft. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe she was a natural talent at it. So, you know, or I, I, you know, I don't know uh, enough about the, the industry to, to, to look for those things. But I know she was a, she was a great, great server, uh, what she did. And the, the tip money that she made afterwards, you know, uh, it, 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 it actually made me sick. <laughs> oh, yeah. <nuts. laughs> to watch some of that. It's like, man, you know, the amount of money you make, and, 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 and this is why the back of the house, you know, likes having a tip pool because at least we get to benefit a little bit. Yeah. You know, from whether or not we put out a good product, you know, because that, I think that's one thing that gets overlooked, you know. Yeah, the server has to deal with the the uh, customer and everything like that, but the quality of the product we bring out of the kitchen, you know, also plays into that, too. Oh, yeah. So, you know, it, it's nice to have a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that recognition. The kitchen requires just as much multitasking as they have. Like, I've yeah. learned that. I've done both. Like, I started as just a cook at Boston Pizza and worked my way up and had done every job. But, yeah, like, serving, you need... The charisma you need to be able to go in eight directions at once mm-hmm. and you need to be able to multitask and know like and keep it straight in your head you're like okay i just put this order and now i need this table over here and this over here has to get done this and then clean this and then it's like during peak times i think you have less tables so it's like fine these four mm-hmm. let's keep them on point but then as they start sending people home then you have six <coughs> then you have eight then you have to keep 10 things together and i remember when i was with moxie's in the lounge i think on you would start with four girls splitting the room then you go to three to two and then if it refilled up they'd have to keep it together but then yeah it's right you're watching these girls walk out with like over three hundred dollars on a night but Mm -hmm. they also probably but they busted their asses together yeah Yeah. Uh, you know if if anything um the 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 sense of entitlement i think i've encountered was worse at uh, at the restaurant than i've ever seen at the bar uh, some, some, some from the, patrons or from patrons yeah uh, they they're just the uh i don't know they, they it's just the way they look down on you and their level of expectation you know i i don't often see uh staff crying at at, at the club because someone treated them poorly you know uh, uh, short short of actually getting assaulted by someone um but th- there's been numerous times I- i've seen servers coming in the back crying because of you know just the other rudeness of of a particular patron that you know it, it's like they're, they're purposely trying to find something wrong you know because they're trying to get a free meal out of it or whatever the case is or maybe they're just bitchy but um I'll admit that I, I let the bouncer side of me come out a few times at the restaurant as well, too. Who's but doing that? that? Just I'll break back. I'm going to go break the, his neck. Oh, I, I've come out there. Like, I mean, you know, the the, the the way that we had things set up at that, because I, I, uh, I expoed uh, for, for the most part and, and bounced a little bit on busy nights. But um, the, the funny thing is, because, you know, because I'd have to sometimes go out and interact with clients if I was helping run food out to a table or something. You know, I couldn't just be coming out in, in work pants and a t-shirt. So, you know, they would give me a, a, a chef's jacket to wear so I'd look presentable if I was coming out. So I, I, that added a little bit because then, you know, people, if I was coming out and doing food at the table, you know, people would get there. Oh, look, the chef has come out to personally. You know, yeah, okay, you're not 
I'm, I'm ma- maintain the illusion. Yes, I'm I'm a chef. Whatever. I just said, oh yes, I work in the kitchen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say specifically that I'm a cook or not a cook, but I, I work in the kitchen. But what I would sometimes do, like uh, we we'd have the server who would come in and say, oh my god, you know, table twenty three, and they're being such bitches tonight about everything. It's like, oh, what 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 were they doing? And uh, you know, so I, I get a bit of a lowdown. So when I'm going around and doing the the menu count and everything like that for for the. Uh, the line cooks and everything like that. I made sure to pause and just give the evil eyes <laughs> a certain table or three, you know, that was giving him a hard time. And like, and, and, and a couple of times, you know, we got pictures like said, "I know that that chef is mad at me because I complained about the food, isn't he? That's, that's why he's watching me, isn't it?" <laughs> of course, the, the, the servers are just bending over, laughing in the in the back because now now the the, the customer's paranoid. But I would kick it up a bit of a notch too, where I'd go and. You know, uh, I I put on my fake Asian accent, you know, and you know, really not poor the Swedish chef. <laughs> no, well, <laughs> it, it doesn't quite match the food and truth. But you know, I I, I would do that and, and then go and serve food to them and and just get right in their faces. You know, oh, you did it tonight. Oh, you know, it's so hot and tasty. You know, and and watch these people like they're not quite sure how to react to me. You know, because well, he's a chef, and I think he's carrying a knife in his belt. You know, and he's cooking food, so you know, I'm not going to complain now. <laughs> and, and and nine times out of ten, if you know they they they'd be bitching at at at, at the servers, but uh, if I would go out suddenly, the owner says, "Oh, every tastes okay," and I'd sit there and wait. You know, and again, I I put on my bouncer face and I'll be honest, I was trying to intimidate the hell out of him. It's like, yeah, you think it's okay to bully around the server because, you know, you think she's just some little girl there who's just going to acquiesce to everything you want. Well, no, 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 now now you've got a middle-aged, angry Asian man, you know, standing in front of you waiting for your... uh, (laughs) Don't make eye contact with the chef. I think he choked out Gary at the nightclub last weekend. (laughs) We, I, I actually had to deal with that the one time because we, we had one patron who was just being really loud and, and uh, our server was crying and, and uh, you know, he was making a scene in the middle of the restaurant, accused her of stealing a cell phone. And he's like, no, he, say, he says, I didn't take yourself. He says, I left it right here and you had to have taken it. We've had crappy service here all night. This is exactly what I've come to expect from you guys. So she's in the back crying and I'm hearing about this. Okay, I'm going to go out and have a bit of a chat with this person or he ends up of course intoxicated and sitting there bullying all the other servers and and everyone sort of just you know you know that 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 circle has just sort of uh, you know uh, you know been created around him like everyone's trying to let's not no don't make eye contact with him you know the, the guy's crazy and uh, and I, I i i got in got in his face a little bit and i said sir what is your problem she stole my cell phone right at that point the phone starts ringing it is in his jeans pocket, front pocket. <laughs> Look at him. That cell phone? <laughs> so, of course, he, now he's pissed off. Why, your food sucks. It came out cold. <laughs> Good on him to transition and uh, well, keep it going. But he, 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 he wanted to turn uh, to run around and leave. And I was like, no, I'm not going to make it that easy for you. I said, you leave after you pay your bill and after you give everyone here an apology. Oh, he didn't like that very much at all. You know, un, un, until I grabbed him by the the shoulder, and <clears throat> now for for anyone looking, this is a trick that uh, that we learned as as, as uh, bouncers when we want to get a little overly physical. You know, you, you you clap the arm around the shoulder, 
and he said, no, look, you're going to come over here and turn around. But what you're really doing is you're digging your fingertips and thumb right into his trapezius muscle up here, which kind of tends to lock him up a little bit and, and let him know that it can very easily turn into a choke from here if you do not comply. So, again, you know, sometimes I really think that a lot of the service industry could do well to have you know, a bouncer or something like that on tap. It, 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 it again, reminds people that you can't act like a dick in public. You know, it, it's unfortunate that we don't have that enough. But, you know, uh, I, I actually took a, a course uh, through my day job. Um, it, it was uh, one of these, um, uh, let, let, let's try to figure out what your personality is. And, and they're, they're, it's a bit of Myers-Briggs and a little bit of uh, color aura therapy. It was, it was kind of cool. But it, very in-depth. Like, it, it, I ended up with, like, a 10-page little report you know talking about you know here's what will make me snap one day you know you, you got to that level um and then basically what it's what, what it came to there, there, there's one section that said um you know you would like to see a little bit more order you can't uh, you can't abide when uh, you know pe- people can't follow the rules you know you start listening as all of it it was very you know uh neutral language but basically what it came down to is you want to be a day bouncer <laughs> you want people to pay for their sins you're dying for the guy in the next cube to start something <laughs> it's not going to happen terry tate office linebacker you know that, slowly that dying crazy. a horrible death at your cube <laughs> someone please just start something oh the other thing that was awesome we went on for a while um the one other thing I was going to ask you about, because I know Xander was asking about it, and I know zero about it, is I know you do Airsoft quite a bit. Mm, yes. Yes, Airsoft. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I started uh, 2000, I think, is, is when I first started. Has it been around that long? It's been around since, actually, the uh, 80s. Um, and I remember a long, long while back, when uh, the Galleria Mall, uh, when it actually was an actual mall. Uh, I would have been, yeah, this would be back in our university days. But I remember uh, going down into the basement uh, at the food court and there was a, a toy and model shop uh, down there. All I remember is that was the only like non-stadium rider store in the city was in the gallery. <laughs> Beyond that, I can't remember anything if, about If you remember building. in the basement uh, or in the lower level, they, they had uh, that popcorn place that had all the different... Flavor poppers, you don't, you don't remember that one yet? Oh, man. Well, they, they had a little toy in the hobby store uh, down there. That, that was my first encounter with Airsoft. Because, uh, I looked there in the, uh, up in the window. There's this uh, box with an MP5 uh, submachine gun there. And I'm like, wow, that looks cool. Like that, That's a cool-looking model. You know, Didn't think anything of it. And then I uh, found out afterwards, like, you know, that, that was actually one of the first Airsoft guns that, that came out. But um, at the time... You were paying about eight hundred dollars to get a uh, get a, a basic uh, a basic airsoft gun uh, because it it was hard to to come by in Canada. Um, by the time uh, by the time two thousand seven two thousand eight hit, uh, it was a lot more mainstream. But up to there, it, it was really expensive uh, to to try to get into the game. So uh, at, at that point, it's like yeah, kind of cool. I'd like to have that, but I'll stick to paintball. I was going to say, did paintball kind of steal its thunder because it's kind of messier and you're making... No, actually, that, that's what I loved about Airsoft was because paintball was just too messy. Um, you know, the the guns didn't look like guns. They looked like super soakers. You know, well, at, they at, had the just that, yeah. the feet of those yeah. paintballs but, that came but, down But, but they, you remember, they, they also 
Um, tournament ball was really big, so he had you know a lot of like neon colors and everything like that. They anodized aluminum guns, everything. They looked really cool if you're into that kind of thing. But for me, the I, I go back to as a kid. I I love playing playing army, right? So I want to be out there in a the uniform with a real looking gun and playing bang bang with, you know, with, with the local neighborhood kids. Uh, paintball was evolving to that point where it's like let's wear bright jerseys with all these funky colors and everything like that, and it's high rush, high adrenaline. Um, and I mean, and and there's purists out there who absolutely love paintball. So I've got nothing against it. Great sport. It's just not 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 for me. Um, you know the the closest thing would be woods ball you know like what they have up at say paintball paradise you know where it's still let's skulk around in the forest and you know shoot each other until uh until everyone's dead <clears throat> but with airsoft yeah i i started that in 2000 and i found three other enthusiasts <laughs> in in uh in regina at the time so that that was our fledgling group um our first year and then we made some connections with some uh, manitoba players so I was like, okay, well, they, they, you know, they'd been in the sport the, a year before us, uh, so, you know, they had some cool ideas, and, you know, you know, we, we, we were sitting around, you know, in our, like, you know, Canadian uh, olive drab uniforms that we got from Surplus Plus, you know, downtown, and then these guys came in, and they're like, oh, wow, you've got real camouflage, you know, because they have better army surplus than Winnipeg at the time, so that, that was my, my, sort of my first encounter, but through there, we started organizing, um, and uh, I, I, I basically started the organized uh, airsoft in, in the Regina area, uh, you know, putting on games, setting up rules and things. Because part of the problem was, um, you know, it's, it's an honor-based uh, type of shooting game because there's no paint to, to mark whether you've been at. So, you know, you have to call yourself out if uh, you feel the hit or hear it because sometimes you don't feel it. You know, if you're wearing a lot of the gear, and things like that, and you're not necessarily going to hear a BB hitting you in the backpack, or yeah. you're not going to feel it, but you might hear it. So, um, we were really, really inclusive for, for who we brought into it, you know, because we you know, it's the same thing in paintball, you know, a bunch of cheaters, uh, they have their just ruins your gameplay. So, we were very, uh, you know, very strict with who we brought in. You had to follow a certain protocol, and, and we got criticized for it because, you know, you guys are too militant <laughs> what we elitists well, basically <laughs> yeah right because you know, we, we wouldn't let anyone in um and at the time we we developed a set of rules where you had to be 18 to play um if you were you know if you were younger than 18 and older than 16 we would allow you to play as long as your parent was also there and playing with you okay like, we we wouldn't uh we wouldn't allow uh uh, us to become a babysitting, uh, you know, drop the kids yeah. off and let them shoot exactly. people. Exactly. Like, no, the gotcha. idea is we, we, and, and you know, we, we want more players too. Mm -hmm. and we were starting to build it up. So we, we built that core of, of players up, uh, you know, for about the first 10 years. I sort of stepped aside from that because real life got in the way, and you know, with, with my daughter, uh, you know, you know, getting older and engaging, like I, I couldn't be gone. You know, every weekend playing airsoft plus you know tabletop gaming during the week. It's like okay, I, I suppose I have to grow up a little bit. How <laughs> dare you? <laughs> so they so a lot of that has relaxed now. Mm -hmm. But the, the the cool thing is that the, of the established uh, groups that are out there, a lot of them still carry on a lot of the same 
rules and expectations. You know, it's it's been modified now because you know the sixteen year olds have, have proven themselves. You know, proving responsible and self policing and, and things like that. Like back in my day, like you know, we we had you know twenty four year olds that would just be dicks, and we would make sure they were banned from every game in Southern Saskatchewan as much as possible. And, send it out to you know online to you know all, all the websites and everything like yeah this person here is a cheat and troublemaker and things like that so we would blackball people uh quite a bit but it, it made for one of the stronger communities uh, you know I, I like to think uh, when all is said and done um you know i, I go out now as like you know, very few of my original crew that still participate but there are a few uh, and the sort of the second wave of players that you know, got to participate after we've established the rules, you know, they're now the leaders in, in the airsoft community right now and things are still growing. Like back at, at, at my, you know, uh, at uh, the, the peak of where I, I think we had, you know, some really good participation and such, you know, we, we'd be lucky if we could pull out, you know, a nice 80 person, uh, you know, an 80 person uh, military simulation, you know, for a weekend. And uh, now, you know, they, they can easily pull, you know, 150 people to, to some of the bigger games. And, you know, on a regular basis, you know, have 25 people showing up on any given weekend to come out and play. Whereas before, you know, if, if we could get 10 to 12 out, you know, we'd be happy with that. So so it has grown. You know, it's, it's uh, and it's, it's still pretty active. I'm, I'm actually hoping you can get back into it again. Like uh, me and Rat, uh, you know, we, we still have our... We still have uh, you know a few players, and we run mostly drills, you know things like because for for us the like I said we, we like to play Navy Seal. <laughs> yeah, no, I've seen your pictures all together, and it looks very yeah. Well, I mean, and, and that's that's part of it, you know. It's um, it, a lot like uh, you know the role playing games and stuff like that. Yeah, we're creating a persona for ourselves, and but but we base it on you know actual actual training. Like uh, you know, I I did a little bit of time in the military. You know, not not enough to to learn a lot of these tactics, but enough to make some contacts with people, you know, that, you know, we know the lingo and everything. And, um, you know, we had one fellow, he was, um, uh, he, he helped draft some of the, uh, shipboarding, uh, techniques for the Canadian Navy. And, uh, you know, he, he taught us, you know, some, some of those techniques. We've had a few people from, uh, um, from the military and in, in the U S uh, when they serve and have, have taught us a few things. So it's like, you know, and then the, of course there's a lot of stuff on the net that, that you can also learn to do it. And, and what it really comes down to, it's, 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 it's the ultimate in, in uh, teamwork. You know, if you want to go out as a Johnny Rambo, you don't last very long. And, that would be where the paintball <laughs> go play that. Or? Yeah, I mean, but you know, don't get me wrong. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with uh, you know that type of gameplay. You know, it, it, it's fun. Um, for us, when, when we when we got into it, it <clears throat> we we went from a skirmish style game where you know it was like side A versus side B and 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 play until there you know one team's been eliminated. Um, but I, I I started putting out. Um, well, Milsim for short, military simulation, and the idea that we would run missions. So you know, it's not about whether you eliminated the other team; it's whether you met Do all your the, objective. Got all your objectives. So you know, it, we had we had stuff evolve over time, uh, and you know, like I, I I won't even pretend to say that uh, you know I was good at it. I, I started it, you know, and got people thinking in in that kind of a kind of a method, you know, where you could. 
you know, start creating missions and, and things like that to create an, an event that's going to draw people in. So, you know, at the start, you know, I, I had just some, you know, some crazy ideas where I, I ran a, a simulation one time where, you know, you had to go and find some, uh, you know, stranded scientists who were creating an H-bomb and, and basically it was an Easter egg, kind of collect all the pieces, assemble everything on site, you know, get back and then put it all together and, okay, you've not created your, your bomb and the other team's trying to stop you from doing it, you know, so, uh, you know, you it, it's pretty simplistic except you're trying to do this all under fire. Uh, we got to the point where, you know, uh, do, do you know uh, Casey? Casey Marcus? I'm not sure if, if you ever met him. It's not ringing a bell, no. He was, he, he was really involved in, in a lot of the, uh, a lot of uh, role gaming before, but okay. He, he also absolutely loved paintball. Came to airsoft like a like a you know moth drawn to flame. Like that was right up his alley, and he's also a pyrotech. Uh, so he does fireworks and uh, and special effects explosions. In fact, oh, cool. But, uh, now he's basically left all of this behind because he, he works on movie set for 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 the most part, you know, doing special effects for various projects all across Western Canada. But <clears throat> a lot of that. You know, he put that in, you know, he put his, you know, uh, GM hat on to, to create these missions. And, you know, I came along for the ride because I, I, I knew general ideas, but he had that deviousness about him. So he would he would put these mission profiles together that we, we would try to screw around with other people. So we were able to elevate our games to the point where, okay, um, now instead of just uh, running a mission to find the... Uh, the uh, crashed uh, you know, jet plane pilot and, and bring him to safety. Well, what we're going to start with is a giant explosion out in the field to simulate the, uh, the jet having crashed. You know, you're going to go and find him. And while you find him, you're also going to go and wire up the bridge to blow it up so that your pursuers can't get you. And we had like a fake pontoon bridge made out of like uh, old uh, plastic coke cases and everything like that, which was amazing to watch. It was when it blew, like this big plastic bridge just goes up in the air. And, and But we had, you know, we set up all the safety protocols. So, you know, it would only happen when the two teams were safely aside. So basically you would get your encounter and while you're waiting for new orders, that's when the pyrotechs would be out there sending ring and then everyone gets this, uh, you know, big special effects feast to watch. And everything. so, you know, we, we actually had some really cool, cool effects going. Our, our pinnacle would have been a CF-18 flyby. Uh, we, we had it rigged because we, we always ran our big games over Labor Day weekend. And we knew that uh, our CF-18s that were potentially coming for, for Mosaic, and that was, that was going to be the, the start to the day. It was, we were going to have them do a flyby over, uh, over, uh, over the paintball field, and we had the whole field rigged up so it would look like a big bombing run coming through for the simulation and we had it set to go we had it okayed 24 hours before the event uh the air force calls and said yeah actually sorry but we got called to do a, a flyby at a, at a different labor day event at a different town it's like and because you know this is for the public town and yours was sort of just a one-off because we're close to taylor field we have to give our uh uh, you know, our priority goes to uh, to the, to this other small town. So I'm like, oh well, you know, that, so that would have been cool. And but, that's you know. when you storm the small town. <laughs> <laughs> that could be fun too. Like we we there, there used to be a little town just outside of Moose Jaw, like a little hamlet of about uh, 10, 15 buildings maybe that was pr- pretty much abandoned. And we would do games and scenarios out there, which was fun. Like, I think uh, the one the. The one team from Moostra had had holed themselves up in, inside the building, so we said, "Well, we can smoke them out." 
Yeah, well, because we created, you know, uh, we had uh, um, uh, Marines, uh, like uh, actual uh, the orange smoke for, oh, right for singles. Yeah, so, so I mean, we, we learn, you know, you get you pop smoke <laughs> and, uh, and then and you run through on, on the cover. Well, they, they pop the smoke on the inside of the building. <laughs> We 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 have a real short after that. We won't do that anymore because we literally choked those poor bastards out. They're they're coughing up orange smoke for a couple of days. They said yeah, that could happen. But I mean, but you know that that's the fun thing about about their stuff. They can be as intense or not as you want it. Like you know, there's we've had teams that have gone with U.S. Navy SEAL as a theme. Uh, we've had them going with British SAS, you know, right down to the proper uniforms and webbing and everything. We have a, a lot of Russian enthusiasts, so they, they, they brought in, you know, three, four different types of uh, Russian Spetsnaz, uh, you know, uniforms and That's because uh, they have the coolest looking outfits. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't have thought, I'll, I'll admit, I, I, have, a, I, I uh, have a few uh, Russian uniforms myself as well, um, and they look really stupid. Up front, so if if you're wearing it to like a costume party, it would absolutely suck. You you would look like a complete idiot. It's like an olive drab with an overly large yellow digital pattern on it. So it, it, you look like a uh, you know, reject from a Pac-Man game or something like that. But you play out in the fields of Saskatchewan in in the the tall grass and the willows. It is perfect camouflage. You cannot see these people. Uh, I, I can't. Remember. I think it was it was something called Bereshka. Was, was the name of the pattern but yeah it, it looks stupid to look at but as an actual you know w- working camouflage the functionality is great oh yeah it was it was absolutely great you know and some, some people swore by it I mean it, we, we, we had I remember a couple of guys you know who, who took the uh, the Russian thing right to the point that it wasn't just the Russian uniforms that they wear it was also all their underclothing like if you've ever seen it in, in movies or pictures you know Russians with the most painfully uh bright white with blue striped shirts and a little bit yeah so th- this is what they're wearing underneath <laughs> they, they go all out you know, for, you know to, try, to try to get the uh, you know the right theme and everything going with it so it, it, it's cool though because again it's just another level of uh, you know role playing you know where you can go and, and create a persona but at the same time it's it's physical enough because you, know, you, you still actively have to be able to aim and shoot know something at another person and hit them and, and moving and you're running and around range. and staying in sync with everybody else yep. no that's we, we actually we, we actually used to run boot camps uh, and again you know people roll their eyes and say you guys are a little bit too militant for this but, but the, the idea was um, you know people who wanted to come out to these milsim games because they, they'd start hearing about these mission mission style games that could run you know up to 72 hours in length and it's like well before you actually go and engage in one of these you need to know how much you're going to actually exert your body because you know you, you need to get in shape you know it, it's it, it, a lot of people who will go out there and think oh yeah i can handle a 24-hour game and 12 hours in like okay now i'm going to drop out because i'm too tired well then that ruins the effect for everyone else because you know everyone's expecting you to make a commitment to it so we came up with this idea of running boot camps where we would uh you know, literally run it like a military style boot camp, you know, and, and have you go over obstacles, run certain mission drills, learn basic patrolling, basic navigation, map and compass, like the whole works, you know, and you give people a, a good feel for it. And it, it, it was surprising, you know, we, we'd have what you would consider to be someone who's in shape, you know, the 
it would be the poster boy for the Marines kind kind of soldier type. They can't make it, you know, half halfway through the camp. You know, they, they, it's just too demanding for them. I've seen one fellow. Um, oh, I can't think of his last name. Matt, larger larger guy. Like he was, he was probably a good two hundred and eighty pounds, like a big roly poly type fellow. Um, you know, it, it was almost comical when you watched him put on his uniform and gear because it just looked so out of place. Like a real soldier would not look like. Him. Damn it! If that kid did not have the biggest heart. You know, to to do this, like he he was going through all the drills, the belly crawls, everything, almost passed out at one point, but he finished the damn course, and, and there's people who couldn't. So, you know, it's it, it's it's cool to see. That. And it's like that's the guy I want to see coming out to one of my events because he's going to enjoy it. He's going to just you know get right in the moment, live through it, follow the orders from you know, whoever is. Uh, his commander is going to be, and inevitably, it's just going to be a lot of fun for everyone. You know, it's it, it, it can be really cool, but you do have to be a little bit mature to play. Um, you know, uh, under sixteen, I'm I'm so I'm so a little bit iffy about people that young playing, mostly because again, you you know, you, you could be playing with forty year olds who swear like uh, you know who swear like sailors, <laughs> and that and act like a, a rec <clears throat> hockey team. You know, like maybe not the best kind of uh, environment to be around for for fourteen year old, and it can't get heated because I mean it's still competitive. Yeah, know, uh, without a doubt. So you know, for for the uh, younger players coming out, I don't have a problem with you. You know, getting an airsoft gun to learn. You know, basic gun safety, for instance. You know, do some planking or anything like that. But to get out and actually play, unless you have a bunch of other fourteen year old friends and, and some good supervision. Yeah, you probably want to at least wait till you're 16. Yeah, we were looking yeah. at, or at least I was, because I've talked this through with Paul, right? And um, he was probably thinking that, like, because Xander's only 10, right? But he's yeah. all, he asks about this stuff. And we were thinking archery's probably. Archery's actually pretty fun. Again, that, 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 that it's a discipline. Uh, yeah. you know, definitely it's uh, something worth looking into um, you know if, if, the, if he likes the idea of, of the uh, you know shooting games and things like that um, laser laser crust laser tag yeah we go up north yeah, yeah that, that, that's fun uh, it'd be more fun if you're allowed to run around but it, it gets you used to the idea of stalking <laughs> yeah that's why I kind of like going with the 10 year old birthday parties now because yeah. me in full stride kind of leaves them behind yeah <laughs> Uh, paintball actually though at, at ten is, is also is also fun because uh, yeah. you have to remember too you're still getting hit by projectiles and yep. uh, you know they, they do sting I mean uh, paintballs hurt worse uh, than, than airsoft uh, but chances are the the paintball gun you're going to run into at, at your at the local field isn't going to be firing as fast as an airsoft gun which can fire pretty much the same rate of fire as, a, as the real thing so you know I, I can dump 100 rounds at you in, in in 10 seconds kind of thing whereas paintballs I might only you know be able to send five or six at you no he was in a really good um for a while one of the martial arts clubs in the city did an after program they were the ones with those two hummers that had the giant dragon paint jobs oh, on them oh uh, was that spirit of the dragon yeah yes. and um, yes. I think spirit of the dragon hapkido Oh, okay. Uh, there's there's uh, Flying Eagle Hapkido. Uh, there's a Jin Pal Hapkido. Because now they ended up upstairs above, or when he was doing it last, it was above the one nightclub downtown. 
Um, okay. But they were across the street from my work on Broad Street for the longest uh, time. Was it two white guys? One, one with glasses and the other guy with like a goatee? Yeah. Yes. Master okay. Finley. Um, Matt Finley, right? Yeah. Okay, yes. Okay, yeah. No, I remember. And that's who Xander took it from. But I remember they did a thing and took all the kids out to one of the people's farms and they paintballed. Oh. And that's when he came back and he's like, this is awesome. And he took like a shot right to the face. <laughs> and he's like, the paint went up. and uh, But then he was just, he was loving it. And he still likes turtles around on first person shooters and stuff like that but he still every once in a while will bring up that he wants to learn that kind of discipline and i've always been trying to figure out like the yeah. best way in and i know like gun guns way too soon so i'm trying to figure out archery and i don't want to like sink a bunch in because like he's also 10 and yeah they'll yeah. be like yeah i don't like pa- it, so. paintballs if, if if you can find him you know at least uh another uh five buddies that can go with you get a nice three-on-three kind of thing going um uh, I mean, Paintball Paradise is where I cut my teeth uh, playing uh, paintball and airsoft here in the city. And, and L- Les runs a pretty good shop up there. There's there's a lot of different types of fields. So, you know, you can get uh, sort of an arena uh, kind of feel if you want to be able to, to see your opponent right from the start. Um, and there, there's a few bigger uh, fields if you want to get the, the, the feel of a, you know, a jungle, you know, a, you know, a forest prowl. We have to actually hunt the other person down. Paintball is probably your your best bet to get started on that because, again, again, they're wearing baggy enough clothing, they have the full face mask, so they're about as protected as they're going to get. Yeah. The worst thing that might happen is a sprained uh, ankle or knee if they trip up on something. And as long as there's, you know, a couple of adults supervising so they don't get lost in the woods or anything like that, you know, that's probably where it's happened first because it is a hell of a lot of fun. Like yeah, he just strikes me as the type that would empty his clip into a tree just to make a design. <laughs> so <laughs> there is a bit of me in there with the attention deficit disorder. Where it's like, oh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I mean, oh, there's someone coming for me now. <laughs> as long as long as you are never out of ammo, you're you know, you're still good to go. I mean, remember the old uh, uh, the old police academy movies? You know, uh, Tackleberry was was the big gun nut. I remember he he did the, in the one episode where. He's having a showdown with the bad guy, and they're trying to show off their gun skills. And he's, you know, has his M16 on him. He's like writing "Have a nice day" in bullet holes on the wall. So I, I can see that. Yeah, there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with having fun with a firearm. <laughs> no, fair enough. Um, I saw you posted with your daughter at the the axe throwing thing, but they actually let you take knives in. Oh yeah. Um, so I actually, another one of my part-time jobs, actually, I, I, I work over at Lumberjacks. Part-time uh, job number eight for those at home keeping track. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's, it's kind of cool because my I, I, first time I ever threw axes was uh, last January. And, uh, well, that place uh, has been open for a while now, hasn't uh, it? Over a year, yeah. Uh, I got in there and uh, my friend Danny, he said, oh, we're we going to go check this out. I've, been, I've, I've tried it. So it, it, it was fun. I, I, I did have fun with it, I think. Um, I, at one point, I'd actually thrown my axe through the wall. Um, they, they, at the time, they, they didn't have a full, uh, full barricade at, at, at the back. So the, the, the center of the target I was uh, uh, throwing axes at, you know, basically it just, it just turned to mulch in the middle. And then the, my... I guess with wear and tear, it's yeah. gonna. And then the throw I had basically disappeared through the wood. I'm like, oh, that's not a good thing. All the only thing I see is the handle sticking out. And when they pulled everything apart, they say, oh, it's gone through the side of the building here. <laughs> so, What's through that wall? <laughs> it's traffic. It's fine. <laughs> but um, my, my my friend Danny, uh, he he had such a love for it. 
Uh, he was there almost all the time in his spare time. And eventually got a job there and is now the GM. <laughs> so he's actually, I think he was in uh, Saskatoon, or not Saskatoon, uh, Winnipeg this past weekend uh, doing some stuff for their shop out there. But uh, you know, he, he, he knows that, uh, you know, the, 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 I, I have a, a love of knives and, and things, and I'm trying to get a bit of a knife league going. Uh, but uh, it's too risky to, to use knives when there's a lot of people around because they, they tend to bounce and ricochet a little bit more. So, you know, if I go in after hours, you know, you know to work on it, practice on my own, you know, he's, he's sort of giving me the, the go-ahead. He's like, you know, just don't bring other people to doing it because you know, that, that, that could become, become a bit of an issue. But, you know, if, if, if we could get enough knife throwers, you know, you know we, we could, you know, have our own night, you know, where we could, I'll uh, try to practice that, but um, you know the my daughter uh, Trinity, she wanted to try throwing axes um, just just a few weeks ago, and I've been bugging her for the past year. Like we should really. I try saw this. your video, and that's why I was thinking about uh, it. And you know, so she's like, I, I don't know. It's, it looks kind of hard and everything like that. Well, we went out the one night, and within half an hour, she was out throwing me. Nice. Uh, like she she had the two handed throw down perfect, and it's like. Okay, this is this is kind of cool. I, I've I've always wanted to have a ninja for her daughter. I, I mean, and she does competitive cheers, so she's doing. I all was going to say cheers probably in a lot better shape than most people think. Oh, jeez, like, the, the amount of tumbling that she could do. Uh, she 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 could be she could have been a stunt girl for for a uh, hit girl on uh, on the Kickass movie. You know, the, the one year I try, I just about had her convinced to go as hit girl for for a costume. I said <laughs> I, I I had a. Uh, uh, model Naganata that I was going to give her. I said, I'll show you how to tumble and how to use this. So, you know, look the part. She was ready to go. And then peer pressure won out and said, No, it's not girly enough. So she Ooh. went as Hello Kitty or something. So he's like, ah, uh, I could have a ninja daughter here. Just broke my heart. <laughs> but, you know, but now that she she started throwing axes and then uh, so she, she kind of liked that. And then the throwing knives, actually, that was a Christmas gift for my daughter. Uh, we, we, and again, that was that was based off of the Hit Girl uh, character, uh, you know, from from Cash. Because she actually really really liked that character, but but uh, she so she tried throwing knives, and, and she's not bad at them. Like she'll 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 stick about one in five. What she she can work, but the axis she seems to, to like really just easier balance. Issue yeah, it, it, it's a lot easier to throw an axe than a knife. Um, with the axe, it's all about uh, technique, and and once you know your distance. You know, um, as, as long as your your technique is the same each time, you know you, you'll stick the axe. Uh, with with knives, it's technique plus you have to have the right amount of force, and and it's it's a little more finicky. Like uh, uh, the axe is a bit more forgiving when you throw because uh, as long as you line it up properly, physics takes over. With with a knife though, like you know. The slightest angle or deflection, you know. In, I guess, and then it'll ricochet off, yeah. and hence the safety issues that they bring up. Yeah. So, but but you know, there, there's there's something really satisfying about being able to, you know, land that knife shot. It, it's like it's like teeing off in golf or or hitting that home run. Like it, it just feels right when it leaves your hand, and you know it's going to hit. Like it, it, uh, there's no other way to describe it. But once you've done it a few times, the skill of it, like you said, like a golf or a darts, like yeah. it was that perfect timing yeah, it, it, and weight. It, it, it and just feels the right. Sweet spot yeah. and yeah. yeah, nice. Yeah, um, is it true that throwing stars are illegal? Yes. Okay. Yes. Because <laughs> when they opened the axe place and then the conversation came in about knives and I'm like, when is somebody going to want to yeah. start whizzing uh, those I mean, away? 
I, I, I mean, I, 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 I collected those ninja magazines and, you know, Karate Illustrated you know, magazines when I was a kid, too. And you always looked at the catalogs in the back and, like, oh, all these wonderful things. And, you know, my, my dad, uh, when I was younger, you know, he even tried getting some of this stuff over because he, he was an instructor and he thought, well, maybe that might, uh, he might allow that. And no, every, every time anything like, you know, the, uh, chucks, the uh, throwing stars, the butterfly knives, all all stopped and confiscated at the border. Right? Butterfly knives? I thought I saw <coughs> lots of those as a kid, but um, you can get them. Um, I don't know how they get smuggled in, but yeah, they're like the uh, and even the bell songs are, are technically illegal. Hmm. My ex-wife had a a set of it was butterfly bottle opener, okay, so you could yeah. still do all the tricks with your hand, yeah. but in the end, it was just the so yeah. you'd spin around do some tricks and then psh, open the, the drink. one thing though I, uh, now I, I don't know how he did it um, and I mean he's passed now so he his secret went to the grave with him but my dad had actually gone to, back to the Philippines to visit family back when I was um, oh geez I think I was in my 20s at the time he came back and had uh, three custom made bala songs that, that he had there absolutely gorgeous uh, I have no idea to this day I have no idea how he managed to get them through the airport through the on the airplane with him or whatever like but he, he, he got them through the only ones I've ever seen and, and they're actually done uh, created properly because I've seen a lot of um, other you know cheaply made uh, battle songs you know the people have gotten whether they brought them in from the states or whatever but the the way you can tell if they're done properly is if you do the basic opening um the way the uh, locking clasp is on the handle, they're usually reversed in, uh, for the ones that you find the, uh, here in the states or, in, or North America. Because if you actually did the proper opening with them, you would cut you would cut the back of your knuckles open with uh, the way the blade goes. Um, it's it's hard hard to hard to uh, describe without actually having one by hand. But um, you you basically flip the latch off of your hip and, and then do the flip with your hand. Uh, but the blade will is usually faced in uh, in a re- reverse position where the the cutting edge will actually cut open your knuckles with that. The ones that my dad had from from Philippines they're done correctly, so I can sit there and flip them all day and and, and uh, ne- never cut myself hmm. on them. So yeah, that was one of the things. Um, there was always a lot of like, because I don't I only met you through university, and I don't I was going to bring that up too. I don't know how, but I ended up surrounding myself. I don't know if it was because Luther everyone went through that one year it feels like at one point 90% of my friends were from Indian Head <laughs> and I'm not even kidding and still to this day like you Dave Derek like there there, there was a bunch of us that, Paul that, that, that Sean yeah uh, Darwin <laughs> well that, 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 that's the thing and we were all within three years of each other I think as, as I was, there was only about four of us from Indian Head the year that, that I went, uh, but a, a lot of uh, a lot of girls from the year before me who, who were there as well. So they sort of introduced us around, and then after in my second year that would have been like uh, Derek's uh, and, and and Sean's and and, and Paul's uh, first year coming through, and because they heard all the stories about about Luther as well too, and. And it sort of just spread. I think everyone just started congregating there because, you know, a lot of familiar faces. It, it was a fun, fun time, fun party, you know. And uh, even back in, in high school, you know, uh, 
the the way the friendships seemed to play out there. You know, it 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 wasn't just uh, um, relegated to one particular grade. So you'd have, you know, uh, people in in uh, Sitter's grade who would be friends with people two three years older than them. You know, or a couple years younger than them. So there there's quite a wide range, and it was all usually based around the activities, whether it was sports or Dungeons and Dragons or something like that. There's a lot of commonalities. There and that just carried over to carried over to Luther and uh, you know it, it, I, I, it was interesting though to, to see that but many also above and beyond like your anomalies like your Ken champions of the world <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Ken champion but like that's the only like negative one I can bring up like I like all of you you're great guys um, and coming from the eighties the concentration of nerd in there was amazing because it was not cool at that time like it, a lot of it uh, you're from what Melville Melville yeah originally so like even that would be a big center com- compared to what we had like in, in at least in our high school and, and I don't know if this was unique just to to our particular town or not um, but really the the only uh, only thing stopping us uh, from, from hanging out was uh, just class schedules like you know, you, yes, you had some of the people who were more sports and incl- you know inclined. You know, they so the uh, you know basketball players and football team and, and and things like that. But at the same time, you know, half of those people were also members of the stage band and you know also played Dungeons and Dragons. You know, because when you're in a small town of you know where where you have only three hundred people in you know both grades or sorry like both high school and elementary school combined. You know, there's not a lot, not a lot else to, to really do. So you know, you know, everyone played hockey together. If 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 you're in the hockey, or uh, you know, you're playing Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, even probably uh, at one point in time, I think both Darwin, Derek, Sitter, uh, Sean, they all were in my dad's martial arts class too for for a few years. So you know, anytime there was some kind of activity going on, everyone was involved in it. I guess yeah, smaller community or more yeah. inclusive of everybody. Yeah, so you know that. The, 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 so the cool thing about that, you know, basically is like you know, it wasn't really clicky. Yeah. Uh, per, per se, you know, like even even guys I would consider the jocks of the school, and, and I was a nerd of the school, you know. But we had an understanding; we could hang out, we could have a conversation. Yeah, but you're also a nerd who could beat the fuck out of anybody. Uh, <laughs> not at the time. I, 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 I was I was I was little in high school. Um, so we're talking Dwayne Wade, you? <laughs> <laughs> I think, I think when I graduated grade twelve, I might have been a buck thirty soaking wet. I guess that's about right, yeah. Because when I shot up to six two, I was still a buck forty, and yeah, now well, I'm like a two hundred twenty pound man, and it still doesn't look yeah. filled out yet. But yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, I really didn't start, uh, you know, putting on a lot of weight or muscle until university. I mean, because again, you know, the, the things that we were doing, you know, like, oh yeah, martial arts, you know, some people played basketball and football, a lot of us geeked out and played Dungeons and Dragons, you know, this whole idea of working out in the gym, you know, what's that? It's relatively unknown. I mean, there, there were some guys who had, you know, the old universal system in the, you know, oh, in the back end of the, of the high school there that I'm sure some of the football team used and everything like that. But, you know, the idea of free weights and dumbbells, like, yeah, that's, that was alien. But my, my first year of university, I mean, my two immediate neighbors uh, came in, took me in, and said, "Yeah, we're going to the gym. You should come with us." Okay, cool. What, what do we do there? You know, they introduced me to to, to weights and stuff, and then I, I lifted heavy for the 
for the first couple of years that I was there. And then I probably went from, I went from probably 130 to about uh, 200 in, in, in my fir- first year. Um, and it was, it was probably easier to do that too when, you know, you were hitting Burger King every second night and everything. So, the, you know, the calories were there to match it up as, as well. But yeah, I, I, I bulked out quite a bit. You mean you didn't just live off of Alice's cooking? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> Chicken and broccoli crepes. <laughs> Turkey a la king, and whatever the roast beast of the day was. Yeah, no. When 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 I learned how easy it was to, uh, to you know, to hit a BK run or or the all you can eat pizza, the original all you can eat pizza Pizza Hut. I mean, that was classic. None of this buffet crap. You know, this was actually when when it first started out. We would the way they did it. We would sit there, and the server would come around and dish us out each one slice of pepperoni pizza. Work our way around. Come back, you know, ten minutes later with another slice. And after we'd been there so many times, you know, as soon as they saw the Luther group walk in, they're like, ah, they just come out and just drop two pizzas down on our table and then and then leave and you know come back every. I think the record when I was there was like pushing twenty slices. Yeah, uh, someone had told us that the record previous record was around like fourteen or fifteen slices by one of the Regina Rams, and we're like. Well, we beat that. (laughs) (laughs) Do do you remember Lachlan? Lachlan McWilliams? The name's super familiar. He he, he was like a smaller version of Arnold, like right down to his his face and everything. (laughs) I I mean, the the, the guy was always ate clean. He was probably an A-plus student, but kept to himself a lot. And we made it our... uh, our goal that, that first year in Arizona was we have to get Lachlan to come out and hang out with us. It took us a semester and a half, and then he started hanging out with us, and I think we led that poor boy astray because <laughs> inside, inside of a half semester, he, he got a, like a pot belly bigger than mine. Yeah, and then this is where we gone over to uh, uh, to, to Pizza Hut, and you know, for, for a little guy, he could pack it away. He said, 14, I can do 14 slices. No, that's not a problem. <laughs> so there's me and him, well, I, I think I, I maybe hit 15 slices. I think Lachlan got 17. And uh, then we had one big Ukrainian fellow, uh, uh, Joel. And I, I think he I think he did 19 or 20. That place has tainted more pure souls than you know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. They, 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 they actually changed a lot of rules there because of us. <laughs> For the month we ate. Oh, yeah. Because, yeah, you guys were all there a year before I got there. Yeah. But, man. I have wasted a 90 minutes of your time. <laughs> Holy crap, is it 90 minutes? Yeah, right? and that's every time I sit down, it feels, I have like a, normally I try and just shoot or whatever, but I had a few things I wanted to chat with you about just for my own personal interest. Um, thanks for coming out. Um, Appreciate it, man. And I will chat with you soon.